Hello, wonderful people. This is Jason English with Things About Things, simplifying concepts without sacrificing depth. Thanks for joining in for concept 24. Today's concept is pottery, and I'm here with my friend Amy Lowry. Amy's the founder, owner, and what I'm calling chief operating potter of Tiny Hands Pottery. Hey, Amy. <laughs> hey, Jason. I love that. Yeah. I'm going to copy that word for word. <laughs> and we've been friends for a number of years, but I can't yeah. really remember how we met and when we met. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> Why, yes, Jason, I can remember. Uh, <laughs> do you want me to tell this story? Yeah, I, okay. I just know it's been lots of years. Well, you, I went to your church, The okay. Heart, and you were the pastor guy. I thought you were great. I didn't really, <laughs> I didn't really know you. Okay. You know, I, I would see you and it was always niceties. But then uh, I worked for an organization mm-hmm. and you came on an international Well, that's when trip. we like got to know yeah. each other. But, I, but I, we knew each other before that. Not really, though. Just, Maybe I just I, knew of you. Probably, we, yeah. yeah. And I, Well, I knew of you, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So, I think people in a church feel more familiar mm-hmm. with the pastor. So mm-hmm. we would say hello, but we didn't. Yeah, that was it. We really didn't have. I think it's because you're always smiling and laughing and stuff. So I <laughs> well, was that's... just like, we're friends. Well, I probably made fun of you some way, Definitely. somehow. Definitely. <laughs> but I became more comfortable making fun of you after mm-hmm. we got to know each other more. And then somewhere along the way, uh, I'm sure it was a long process for you, but somewhere along the way, I found out you were starting a pottery company and transitioning of careers. Yeah. Uh, talk a little bit about why pottery? Why did you want to get into pottery? You know, I didn't want to get into pottery. Uh, it sort of was just placed on the path and I kept walking. So I had worked for international, uh, disaster relief agencies and humanitarian agencies for almost 20 years. And I was leading trips internationally and I just honestly got a little tired and a lot of travel, a lot of travel and my um, sleep life was not great. And, uh, I'm a little bit of a homebody and I was never home. And, uh, I decided to, uh, just exit from that. And I took a year sabbatical where I sold my home. I sold everything I owned and just gave myself a year just to sort of, uh, sit in the, in the newness of nothingness, which I have never done in my life. And so I had a lot of time and I found myself a little bit out of sorts in the nothingness. Um, I'm a go get it done girl, always have plates spinning. So when everything kind of came to a halt, I just felt a little bit lost. And, Mm -hmm. um, I had a friend that had taken a pottery class at Appalachian for craft enrichment. And I was like, sure, I'll go do that. Okay. And my only reference to pottery was the scene in Ghost. Oh, yes. <laughs> With Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore. <laughs> so you're just sort of hoping, I really. Mean, I mean, I'm like, that'd be nice <laughs> if that's the outcome. If a spirit wants to. <laughs> so I, didn't, I literally didn't know anything about pottery. I didn't know the process. I'd never <clears> given <throat> it a second's thought. Um, it wasn't something that was in my... Uh, eyeline whatsoever so I went and did this class and it was I think it's like an eight-week class well I went the first week and then I was leaving town for the next three weeks to visit people so Mm -hmm. so I wasn't getting any instruction but when I came back I was like I just I'm gonna go do this so I started watching videos um, I started uh, just going online and figuring things out yeah and then I would go into their open studio 
and I would just sit there for hours and I wasn't making anything. I mean, because I had no like personal instruction. Right. It was really hard for me to translate from videos yeah. to the wheel, but I just kept practicing oh. and kind of fell in love with it. And the things that felt um, not great in the stillness, the things that I was wrestling with of this newness all kind of faded away wow. when I was doing pottery because when you're doing pottery you can't think about what ails you. That's so cool. You have to focus and be present. And uh, I'd imagine 20 years of a career there can be like a, a false sense of identity in that even though you know that's not your identity if you do it for 20 years and you're good at it yeah. you can mistakenly think that is who you are. 100%. So, I love that phrase the, the newness of nothingness. Yeah. That you should I don't know, coin that phrase somehow. Well, maybe I'll just describe... Hashtag that thing <laughs> yeah. I won't remember it in two seconds. Yeah, but I love that. Yeah, and one of the things in that year, uh, one of the, I'm glad you said that, one of the main things I focused on is knowing who I am in Christ. And yeah. so for me, I always had really cool jobs where I was in charge and people thought that I was pretty great and yeah. they told me that. And I have a friend that I used to work with, and we were like, who else gets to have a job where people are constantly telling them really nice things about yourself? Right. And so I had to take that year to just be like, well, who am I outside of what I do? Yep. Who am I as a person? Who am I as a friend, mm. as a family member, as a member of this earth without being a person that does good things for people as mm -hmm. a job? Yeah. Oh. So let's press pause on that okay. because I want to talk about pottery itself. Okay. What does that mean? What is pottery? I mean, I, I picture the, yeah. but yeah. What, what does it consist of when you make yeah. pottery? What is it? And there's different terms too. People say ceramics. Um, is, those, is that the same it's thing? The, it's the same okay. thing. It's, uh, some people have different terms that maybe sounds more like what they want to do where ceramics might sound a little more sophisticated than oh. pottery. That's how I view it, where okay. I, I never say ceramics. I'm a potter. Okay. I'm not a ceramicist. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't take myself that seriously. But really what it is is taking something from the earth, okay. which is clay, and melding it into the shape that you want it to be. What do you mix it with? Well, clay is mixed with some different, uh, there's minerals and silica and some different oh. things, but uh, it's mostly from the earth. Oh, so you, and water? I, I yeah, so. Water. It, I did it, this like when I was eight yeah. years old, one well, summer camp well, thing, sure. and I know nothing yeah, else. Yeah, so it's called, and your female listeners will cringe, it's called moist clay. <laughs> okay. Uh, because it has to have some moisture in it. It's called, it's plastic is what they say when clay is ready oh. to be molded into something. The term is plastic. Oh. And so that has enough uh, wetness and plasticity to be able to mold it and to move it. And then if you're working on a wheel, you're using more and more water as you're uh, taking the shape and the direction you want to go. Why? Uh, it starts to dry out? It if starts you don't... to dry out and then friction is not your friend on oh, the wheel. Okay. You need everything to slide with ease and so you have wet hands, you have wet clay. What is a wheel other than the obvious? It spins. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, I, I use a sitting wheel, so I have a little stool like you would have used in kindergarten class. Okay. And a wheel uh, has a sort of a moat around it to okay. catch water. Okay. And then there's a gas pedal. And so you are controlling the gas pedal with your foot to go uh, 
How faster fast or slower, yeah. And then it's just spinning because it's the force of the spin and the use of your hands mm. to uh, to lift it to a higher shape or to, to widen it to be a bowl. Um, but it's just a spinning wheel, and that's the process of the water and the hands and the wheel and the clay. So even though there's technique and there's mm -hmm. official ways that they taught you in yeah. that class, I would imagine a lot of it's just... You have to do it you and feel how your own hands interact with you it. You have to do it. And and this takes some of the romance out of pottery, but there are some steps and techniques that you have to do. Oh, okay. And that's why a lot of people get frustrated. They're like, I took a class and yeah. I didn't do anything. Well, now when I teach classes, we really go over the steps. Oh, good. Because if you can get the baseline down, then that's when your hands start to understand what you're doing, and then you become more creative with the shapes as well. But there are a few things that you really can't skip and you have to do because it sets a level foundation. You want everything to be, it's called centered, where everything is as it's spinning, there's no wobble to it. It's centered, and that way when you start lifting up the clay higher, there's no wobble to that because yeah. you took time on that foundation. Which is a life principle. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And then how long, well, what is a kiln? It's an yeah. oven. Yeah. But what makes it different than just the word oven? Sure. So when I have little kids that come to classes, I just say it's a really hot oven. Yeah. But it's a really hot oven, <laughs> but uh, it's got insulated bricks in it. There are um, coils inside that are the heating elements. There's a thermal couple okay. in there that's regulating heat. And then my kiln is an electric kiln where I um, set it to go the temperatures I want it to go to. So if I've made a piece on the wheel, I have to let it completely dry, and then I put it, it, put it in the kiln, and then that fires up, we call it firing, that heats up to 1800 degrees. So the, what? Yes, yeah, so that's just so, the, that's uh, just the first. So round. an oven in your kitchen won't even go that. No, high, your oven in your you kitchen is five hundred. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think there's polymer clay that you can do stuff in your oven, but that is not this kind of clay. So if you were to put your kind of clay in a regular kitchen oven, it would not properly dry out, it and it would just become. It like... would dry. It wouldn't. It's the term is called vitrified. So when you put a piece in the kiln and you go up to 1800 degrees, it's called vitrified, which means it's changed the property of the clay what? and it's become a hard waterproof vessel. Wow. So once something is vitrified, that means it can hold water. Oh, so if I did it in the oven at 500, it would still be porous? Exactly. And if I, my coffee would just go get exactly. absorbed. Exactly. <laughs> okay. And then you would be back to moist clay. Okay, right. <laughs> And so that's just step one in the kiln is where you are, you're taking out every ounce of moisture from okay. that clay. You're hitting a temperature where the clay is changing chemically from the heat and then it becomes vitrified. So then the second phase of that is you take this, this piece yeah. and then whatever glazing techniques you're using, you're dipping it in the glaze. You put that back in the kiln back in. Oh, okay. and then that goes to 2300 degrees. Shh. So it's basically glaze to make it super simple is like liquefied glass. So it heats up to that high heat in this powder. You, you dip glaze wet, it dries to a, a solid powdery surface on the piece. Okay. And then you put it in the kiln and that starts to liquefy basically. No way. Yeah. <laughs> so that's 2300 degrees. And so a kiln is a big insulated 
oven that has these bricks in it that keep the temperature in. So my studio is very warm. I was about to yeah. ask that because I know that you I remember how how long ago did you start Tiny Hands? Uh, it's about four four years ago. I remember when you did your Kickstarter. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, is her house going to be hot? <laughs> I know. Uh, and it is. It's it's warm. It feels warm, but it's such an insulated uh, piece of equipment that the room is not twenty three hundred degrees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, I mean, it feels like a hot day. It feels like ninety something degrees in there, and and it's it feels warm, but it's very insulated. And then there is a um, a fan that's underneath with a tube that's pulling some of that heat outside of my house as well. Oh, yeah. and then I guess the the moisture evaporates inside of the kiln? It does. So, um, not to get too technical, but back to that first firing at 1,800 degrees, I said it has to be a completely dry piece because what happens if there's any moisture... Oh, that's right. Yeah, if there's any moisture in that pot and it gets over 180 degrees... That's a boiling point, which oh, I think right. is actually a little bit higher, but there's a boiling point. And if there's any moisture left in your pot, it will explode or implode. Oh my goodness. And then it can hit the pots around it and break those as well. And every potter has had this happen. Yeah. Of course. Always. So you just assumed that it was dried out, it wasn't, and then... Yeah. And I usually do a preheat on my kiln for several hours that keeps it below the boiling point. Um, oh. But... There's always a piece that just wanted to be tricky. <laughs> oh, secret. And it doesn't happen every time, but it happens occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. So you've done the, let's say, first round, then you glaze it. Yeah. And it goes in, liquefies, yeah. and that's the shininess. Yeah. Is it done? or? It, it can be done. I do a lot of techniques with um, something called ceramic decals. Oh. And they are... Um, yeah, I remember. Yeah, it's kind of... You know those tattoos you got in Cracker Jacks? Yeah, yeah. When you're a kid and it's on a piece of paper and you put it in the water and it kind of slides yeah. off. So the decals that I use are like that, but they are made of minerals. Oh, okay. And so I'll do like um, a, a retro bicycle or a feather or some kind of a design where I just want to do a little extra. And so I'll add this extra component and then I'll fire it for a third time and that gets up to about 1300 degrees to transfer those minerals onto your glazed pot. Wow. Yeah. All right, let's go back to business side sure. of things. Well, how did you jump from <laughs> you learned it yeah. and you loved it and you didn't have to think about former career stuff yeah. to like, I'm going to start a business doing this. Yeah. And even retelling this story, it just feels crazy, and uh, it won't make sense to everybody, and that's okay. So I took um, these courses at App, and they were fine, and I was learning. And then I had a friend who had a big birthday, and she had asked me if I wanted to go um, to England and Scotland with her. And I said, sure, that'd be great. And then I thought, oh, wouldn't that be fun if I stayed after our trip and took a pottery course in London. Yeah. I just thought, ooh, wouldn't that be... Did they call it ceramics there? Probably <laughs> ceramics. I can't do accents. I shouldn't have tried. <laughs> um, I thought it would be fun to stay, so I just started kind of Googling opportunities. And in the midst of Googling, I'm not, I'm not kidding, I was at my best friend's house in Wisconsin because I was just taking time off. Mm -hmm. And I was Googling things, 
And immediately I heard God say, okay, so you're gonna stay and you're gonna do a pottery course and then when you come back, you're gonna start a business. And I said, what's that now? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it didn't make sense, but immediately my brain went calm and collected and I said, okay. So then I was able to find a um, course in Spain with a premier potter. I went and studied wow. with him for a week and then I did a two-week course at a prestigious school in Tuscany and uh, got incredible guidance and instruction there. And I basically came back and uh, opened a, a studio in my friend's basement because I didn't have a space. They were gracious enough to let me mm -hmm. put a wheel and a kiln in their basement, which is a crazy gracious yeah. offer because it's messy and it's a machine that gets to 2,300 yeah. <laughs> degrees. Um, and then from there, I just started setting up, okay, what's my business name? What do I have to register with the county? Oh, I need a wheel. I need a kiln. And so it all became just the most crystal clear steps to me. Also knowing that I did not have the skill to do it. I still was not a good potter. I didn't have good technique. My pieces were just amateurish. But I heard God say, this is what we're doing. And I said, sure. Okay. So if someone's listening to this and they're, they're like, yes, I have some dream of doing something like that. Um, I can imagine it would intimidate them to think, okay, step one, quit my job. <laughs> I know. And then just go to London and Spain and sure, Tuscany and learn sure. under these experts. And then. <laughs> yes, it's just that simple. Yeah. Was it? Well, was that a major burden financially, and was it scary? Yeah. it. I knew I was going to be resigning from my job for a little while, so I put myself on a spending embargo. Oh, okay. So I, for about six months, knew... So you planned ahead I, a I, little bit. A, a Maybe little, not the pottery not part. Not the pottery but, part. Not at all, but I right. planned ahead and didn't have debt, and I sold my home, and yep. I sold my belongings, so I had money... In, yeah. At my disposal, I didn't want to burn through it either, but I was, I was prepared for that. Um, and the second thing is, it wasn't my dream. I didn't know anything about pottery. I took a course. I thought it yeah. was fun. I thought, oh, this would be something I wanted to learn more about. There was no plan in my mind of let's monetize this, let's turn this into something that could be a living. I just figured eventually I would go back to sort of the nonprofit sector and. I was good at it and I enjoyed it, but I was just a little burned out. I just figured it would just spin, spin back around at some point. So it wasn't a dream. So I couldn't, I didn't yeah. plan for it. Honestly, it just. But when you went to Tuscany in yeah. Spain, were you like, I'm spending all this money on something. Well, I what knew, am I doing? Well, How deep I, am I getting into yeah, this? Yeah, I knew by I knew by that time that I was supposed to start yeah. this business. So I had even started the works of getting it yeah. uh, recognized by the IRS and all those things. Okay. So I was doing those things before I went. Yeah. And then I went there and I still realized, oh, I'm not good at this. Right. Experts, <laughs> yeah. masters have taught yeah. you, but you're still not quite. Yeah. It's, I mean, it wasn't great because I hadn't put in enough work yet. They say that you become an expert, I think, at 10,000 hours. Yeah. And I was only probably a couple hundred hours in. I'm probably close to 10,000 yeah. hours at this point but yeah I didn't plan for it but what I did plan for is making good decisions with my money yeah uh, and just 
always planning that I don't know what the future holds and I want to be good with the money I do have when I have it. Yeah. So then you, so you told me you acquired some equipment, started mm -hmm. out in your friend's basement. Yep. Um, so then you start to build this business, but I'd imagine you didn't just like turn this open sign and now you have a thriving career. Well, how it went was I got back from Europe. So I ended up staying for six weeks for that trip. It was a 10 day trip with my friend. And then I stayed wow. an additional five weeks and went to a couple other countries just to explore as well. And I came back and it was November and I launched a website yep. and opened up for Christmas orders. And I think I had 70 orders and I had stuff. Uh, that I listed that I'd never even made before and was like, oh, I'll figure it out. And uh, so much of that was like friends and family and people who loved me and yeah. just were there for me. But somehow getting ready for those Christmas orders, it all came together. Yeah. Nothing broke in shipment. Mm. Everything arrived in time. I made every piece and I look back and I'm still not sure how that even happened. I mean, I worked around the clock, but... <laughs> I wasn't ready for that, but I just did it anyway. And now you're to the point, I remember you telling me last holiday season that it's, was it on Etsy primarily? Mm -hmm. I can't remember what you yeah. said. And it, stuff's just yeah. going. I, you know, it's so much about community. I have a friend that has a really popular blog and uh, it's about uh, buying things and saving on things. So every year she does a blog post for me promoting uh, one of my items. Yeah. And because of that, I end up selling about a thousand of them every Christmas. Yeah. It's just little uh, Christmas ornaments. So yeah. it's not a, a big job, but yeah, we've got one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but because of her commitment to helping others and yeah. helping others rise up as well, she's taken me under her wing and allowed to me to get my name out to other people. And yeah. she's just been great. Yeah, we've got an ornament. We've got a mug of yours. <laughs> and we've got, what are those things called where you put a spoon on the... A spoon rest. Spoon rest. Yeah. What else do you make? Uh, I, I do lots and lots of mugs right now. It's, it's always the most popular oh, thing. Okay. I do um, these hanging wall pockets. I do creamers. I do plates and bowls and yeah. hanging planters and... I pretty much will do anything, and I do take custom orders as oh, well. Oh, really? Which stresses me out a little bit because you never know what's in somebody else's brain. Yeah. And you just so badly want to make something that they're happy with, but sure. you can't fully know. That's a, a collaborative process with an artist yeah. and a commissioner or whatever you call yeah. it. That can be... Like, how do you know each other's minds? It's a little you know? nerve-wracking, and um, there's a lot of potters that don't take any custom sure. orders, and I get that, and I might get to that point someday. I'm not there yet. Yeah, yeah. Because um, it, it is a little bit stressful. Is there anything that you want to make that you haven't ever tried? You know, I tried this recently, um, a coffee pour-over, and yeah. I didn't get the dimensions quite right. I only tried it once, and I just had a few minutes, and I tried it. Um, but I want to get a really pristine coffee cup with the pour over that just fits it perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would sell well. I think so too. So you now have tiny hands pottery. Yeah. Why is it called tiny hands pottery? <laughs> I am a normal sized human being with teeny tiny hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And my whole life people have just made jokes about my cabbage patch size I've hands. never noticed They're and just... that's not at all what I thought you were going to say. Oh really? Because you do, you teach classes yeah. and I thought it was like, because you teach kids pottery. Yeah, not at all. Uh, 
It's your own tiny it's hands. It's my own. It's not they're theirs. just little bitty hands. I just joke that I can't even pick up a baseball. Because but you do, in fact, do you teach classes I do, to, yeah. primarily to kids, no, but it's to anybody. To anybody. I haven't actually advertised it, but yeah. people just find me and yeah. I do classes and I really like it because I am not that far from being a new potter. Yeah. And I remember thinking, gosh, I wish somebody was just sitting next to me. Right. And I remember the couple little tips I did here when I started that have just stuck with me. And so I really love doing it because I've had people that said, I did a class before, I couldn't get it. And I'm like, it's because you didn't have one-on-one. So I yeah. do one-on-one instruction. I have a 13 or 12-year-old girl right now. Oh. She's killing it. Yeah. The pot she's making. She's killing it. Kill, she's killing <laughs> it. She's hot, like 2,300 degrees. <laughs> Uh, but it's just been fun to see somebody get the steps yeah. and pay attention and then see her creativity. She's doing great. So you offer one-on-one classes to people of all ages. Yeah. You sell things. I do. And is it only on Etsy at this point uh, most, or in person? Mostly on Etsy. Um, I do a couple of shows every year, a couple of big markets. I have two coming up. Um, in the next few weeks, and I do have a kiosk at the mall every. But if someone Christmas. wants to connect with you mm-hmm. online, yeah, and they're listening to this, and they're like, "Yeah, I want to learn from her, or buy some stuff, or to talk to her," where do they go? The the best right now is either uh, at my Etsy shop, which is Tiny Hands Pottery smushed together in one word, okay, or Instagram at Tiny Hands Pottery. Oh, okay. Yep, I do have a website in the works. It's not quite ready. Okay, so. Instagram, Tiny Hands Pottery, or Etsy. Etsy.com slash Tiny Hands Pottery? Yeah, not it's, necessarily it's a little more it. difficult. So you search can just for Tiny Hands Pottery smushed, smushed together. together. <laughs> no spaces. <laughs> Thank you for knowing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, all right. These are some offshoots now. Great. It's my favorite. Uh, what have you learned about yourself while doing pottery? Oh, that's a good question. I think a lot. Um, I think part of it is (laughs) I am who I am, not to steal Popeye's words, but I am me in all situations, which is I am a figure it out girl and I'm a get it done girl. And so in pottery, I've learned that, oh yeah, even if it's nonprofit work or if it's this work, I'm still the same version of who I am, who is a person who wants to learn how to do something and then figure out the very best systems to how to do that. So yeah. even though pottery is creative, I have put in systems yeah. to make things go better, to save wear and tear on my body, to yeah. make the process more uh, doable. So I, I think I like knowing that it doesn't matter what I'm doing, but I'm still who I am. Yeah, I like that, I think. What else have I learned? That's really good because that means that it's not about whatever job it is. Yeah. And if you transition 20 years from now into the, the next thing, yeah, you already know who you are. Yeah. And I think most people don't ever even try to discern that, in my opinion. I think you're right. And I think another thing I've learned that I... <laughs> when you're just who you are, you don't, you don't know all the things. But I've heard countless times that people think I'm brave. Mm. I don't think I'm brave. I think I just do things because I just 
feels crystal clear in my brain. So to me, it doesn't feel like I've taken these big, huge leaps and steps. It just feels like I've been putting one foot in front of the other. But for a lot of people, it they've told me it's inspired them to take leaps. Yeah. Which makes, I, I, it makes me feel good, but I don't think I'm brave. I think I've learned to just do things. And some people think that's brave. I wonder if, if it's in part because... You've spent a lot of years connecting with really the poorest of the poor sure, of the world yeah. and probably seen bravery yeah. that you're probably yeah. like, I don't think I can claim the same yeah. category as this person. Yeah, you know? I think you're exactly yeah. right. I've, I mean, I've seen it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked in Mexico for 10 years building houses for people living in right. boxes. and. So then you're like, I don't know if taking a class in Tuscany is the same category exactly. of bravery. Right? I, exactly. <laughs> And I think what people just mean is, you know, for a long time, you got a job, you had that job your whole life, and then you retired. And so now we're in a place where people are trying to find more work freedom. They're trying to step away, trying to be their own bosses, being entrepreneurs, finding a way to not be shackled. And I think some of that in that bravery comment is them saying, I didn't know there was another way. That's right. You know, there's another way. And to me, it doesn't feel brave. It just feels like, because I am a Christian and I feel like God leads and orders my steps, I've just felt very clearly that he's like, trust me. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. But the more you trust and the more that you do and the more that you do things that seemingly are crazy to other people, the easier it is Mm. to make what people consider leaps. To me, they don't feel like leaps anymore. It just feels like steps. Oh, that's good. (laughs) So try to, let's try to simplify this concept okay. without sacrificing <laughs> uh, How do we sum up pottery? Somebody want, somebody's listening. Yeah. They want to try something. Okay. They're like, I want to do that too. <laughs> I want to learn too or something. Yeah. Where do they start? If they're not just going to go like, I'm going and buying a kiln and a wheel right now. You know, where, where does someone start? Yeah, and I don't I recommend just going out and buying a kiln or a <laughs> wheel. Um, depend, you know, some of your listeners are in Boone or in the high country. Hopefully yeah. a lot of them are not, and that you have listeners everywhere else. Every place has somebody that's doing lessons. Yeah. Um, like I said, I was at Appalachian State doing a, a craft enrichment program yeah. that lasted eight or so weeks, and it was affordable, and they provided... Yeah the instruction and the materials and the equipment. Okay. And it was great. I just, I enjoyed it. It was, you know, low key. Uh, Like myself, I give lessons. There's other potters that give lessons as well. And then to get even more information, I just Googled everything. Yeah. I mean, I just wanted to see videos and, and there are a thousand ways to do the same mug. Everybody has different techniques, but you find what works best for you. But I just say one-on-one really is best if you really have some intention of making a piece you're proud of, um, instead of in a group setting where it's Mm -hmm. harder to get some of the instruction. I think one-on-one is, is really good. Yeah, that sounds good. So there's, I mean, you know, that I love App State, love yeah. people to go do that, and also love the idea of supporting local sure. and obviously, you yeah. know, friends. And so, yeah, if anyone's considering that, and if you want to go the more personal route and you don't even want to go to Instagram, Tiny Hands Potter, or Etsy, and you don't know Amy, if you're listening, just if you know <laughs> me, call me, talk to me. And Absolutely. Because we'll, she's, Amy's very approachable and friends with everyone. So we, <laughs> we can, we can connect you if you want to do that one on one class or even, a little tour 
yeah. take a look at what Amy sure. does and, and see. Um, well, thanks so much. I just yeah. learned a lot. I literally did not know most of what you said. About... Yeah, I didn't know any of that when I started either. And it's good to know more of your journey too, because the, the order of things is not quite what I thought. Yeah, the, the, interesting. The, the, yeah. yeah, I don't know that we've ever done a deep dive. You knew bits and pieces and we, yeah. we've chatted and stuff, but yeah. yeah, thank you for letting me share oh, that. Yeah. So, so you can go to at Tiny Hands Pottery on Instagram, or you can go to Etsy and you can search for Tiny Hands Pottery with no spaces. <laughs> and uh, you can also go to thingsaboutthings.com for more things. What, what just, oh, I think it was your phone. <laughs> it's okay. Well, thanks for being here. Thanks, Jason. I, you know, I adore you and just chatting with you anytime we could go for hours and hours. Oh, so yeah. This was really fun. Thank yeah, you. Thanks.